three movies enter, and one movie leaves. This is The Great Movie Showdown. Today, a movie about a lost farming Apatosaurus and his quest to get home. Versus, a movie about a blue tang with the same mysterious memory illness as the girl from 51st Dates. <laughs> versus, this is a three, this is a three-way one this time, versus Wreck-It Ralph, a film about arcade cabinets and the deep underlying world of sweets and race car driving. Is that good? Is that dumb? That one seems dumb. Tell me. Hey, anything. it's you. It's your thing. All right, you, yeah. You got Yeah, but I didn't like write it out and then you guys talked about racism. You got to get the duds with the duds and the great ones with the great ones. The Good Dinosaur versus Finding Dory. This is the Great Movie Showdown. Today I'm joined by my guests, Matthew Smith and Will Goodnow. Hey guys. What's up? We'll introduce Wreck-It Ralph after uh after the first round happens. So we're going to have the good dinosaur fighting Finding Dory. And you can tell it's another PEMDAS great math showdown it is. in uh, the title again. You know that. I don't know why we're talking about it for two minutes. All right. Who wants to start us off here today? Matt, you want to lead? Sure. I'll, I'll go over my very little notes that I have for good dinosaur. And you guys... Can just like talk to me if you want to stop me. Yeah. Okay. And just bring up whatever you want to bring up. But these are the notes I made watching it for the, all the way through for the first time. Uh, random, random thought just by looking on the Wikipedia. Apparently, Spot is seven years old. I had a, for some reason, I thought he was younger, but I guess yeah. seven years. He just years, looked like a honeycomb monster to me. He looked like Donnie from Wild Thornberries. But oh, shoot, he does. That's pretty much like how he was acting. But I, yeah, the honeycomb monster, that does make a lot of sense. I just haven't yeah. seen that commercial in forever. Well, yeah, I think they took it down because it was kind of terrifying. <laughs> I don't even remember what it looks like. I just remember it being wild and crazy. But I'd it was to... basically like, imagine if the, if, uh, if Spot didn't have a torso and it was just like, heads oh. and <laughs> just like a running furball, like Mike Wazowski. Yeah. Pretty much like a Mike Wazowski furball or like one of the fry guys, but with like a weird Sonic the Hedgehog, like dog kind of face. It's not a pleasant thing. And it would always like those 90s commercials were always like that, where it would have a. um, It's like, oh, the, the kid's basically a crack addict unless they have this thing and then they become a normal kid again. <laughs> So it was such a weird, uh, such a weird marketing technique. But anyway, let's get back to the good dinosaur. <laughs> so basically, the major points I want to make that like really caught my eye that was worth discussing was I thought the animation style was pretty weird, where everything looked photorealistic. Like even mm-hmm. everybody on the internet agreed. Like that's all they could talk about. Like on Reddit, you can go and download all these like screensavers for the movie that really they don't have any dinos on it Mm -hmm. and they look pretty much like photo real. They do. Yeah. Like pictures, but I don't think all the dinosaurs look super cartoony, but I know like the T-Rexes do and Arlo and his family, Mm -hmm. they look very cartoony. They're very stylized. And it's, it's really weird. 
especially since it's like I mean, it's not something I expect out of Pixar and mm-hmm. just like in like the area that they're living is very photorealistic and it just kind of caught me off guard and kind of it was just weird I was watching the whole entire movie and I like kept on thinking about that any thoughts anybody on what I just said I mean I I do agree I thought it was a very it was something that kind of rode with me particularly with Arlo's character design how like he had those scrawny spindly legs and then the big like the big hockey puck like feet yeah those big like toilet plunger looking feet like i that kind of stuck with that definitely stuck with me throughout the film i thought it was really weird i mean a lot of the the skin texturing and stuff was amazing and you could see like if you look you look at how far pixar's come on that with um like when's another time we saw a dinosaur in a Pixar movie? Like look at Rex from Toy Story and how plasticky Rex was. Yeah, and then I noticed it's like looking at, well, yeah, he was a toy, <laughs> but then you look at Arlo's skin and yeah, especially that close up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have all of those wrinkles, all those crevices and it expands and the essentially pores, like they do a the stretching of the pores. Sorry, Zach, I didn't Sorry. want to cut you off. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, when he wakes up at the river, um, like that sequence to me is like really beautiful. The water simulation looks realistic, but like you're saying, you guys pause the frame, you can really look in. He's they've got like pores, like yeah. he's got actual, like it's insane the the depth that they went in. No, I'm sorry, the depths that they they pulled from just to get that like real good texturing. But go ahead, Zach. I mean, that was that was pretty much it for now. <laughs> okay, and my next point that I was making yeah. is. Hit us. Like the farming dinos, it felt like kind of weird. I'm I'm sorry. Oh I'm yeah, calling the them like agrarian. Dino, like throughout the show, that's just how I usually call them. Just dinos. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, the correct term is dinosaur, Matt. Yeah, like no one's gonna correct you over <laughs> dinos to dinosaur, whatever yeah. they are, long necks, whatever. Actually, uh, if you look at uh, the Paleolithic fossils, yeah, the we don't even know what that was actually a. Uh, yeah, it was quite well known as an agrarian type of uh, lizard. Yeah, I, I don't think they were going off of realism yeah. at all for any of. They're these. actually Amish, <laughs> and <laughs> I love how he ref- how uh, his dad his dad is like, "You're gonna earn your marks, son." Once you once you take the life of a tiny human, that's what you're gonna I, earn your mark. I guess like that's that's my biggest thing with the movie. It's it's not the the character design. It's not yeah. the animation. It's not nothing. Is you know just call it what it is. Is to me it, the story just really isn't that strong. Like, it's one of the weaker stories out of the Pixar brand. Yeah. But like it really kind of hits home for me. Like I enjoyed it because as a dad trying to teach my kids to kind of like stop being afraid of everything or at least embrace yeah. that you're afraid. I can see the intent and I did like, Oh, absolutely. I like the scene um, of his dad being so pissed off that he has to chase after the, uh, well, he calls him the critter or he can, critter. <laughs> critter, or you got to get that critter. critter son. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously his dad, pays the price, right. His dad pays the price for his, is basically you could say like his pride or whatever. Like, yeah, it felt like a Mufasa moment. It it definitely felt like a Mufasa oh, yeah. moment. But but that's the thing. Thank you, Zach. Is that if you can reference a movie that did it better, then that movie already gets like a negative score, and that's where the good. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't. I don't even want to say did it better, but just had done it first. Eh, they did it better. I'll say it. I don't yeah, care. Well, I don't. 
I don't know. I know. I mean, it was. I liked how it was. How it was structured. They. I do too. They made it where it's like the last thing that he said to Arlo wasn't like your disappointment. So right. just like, I, no, I get. I get all that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if we're going to compare messages and themes of like take getting over your fear, embracing who you are, Lion King did it better. So that's just the problem that I have with this movie is that like I get what they're trying to do, and then also like you could tell that they were making that hour and a half stretch where like they have them tripping balls after eating like some rotten fruit it looks like. And it's, it's yeah, that was kind of a weird sequence. It was like a throw like didn't really to, go um, anywhere. Uh, the purple elephant parade or pink elephant parade. I think it was in a uh, Dumbo. Yeah. So like I got that. It was cool. But once again, it messes up a little bit of the pacing. Like it just, I don't know what you it could was just tell bonding. It, maybe it was yeah, okay. Like bonding and spot bonding. It just, maybe. yeah, but it'll it becoming family. I'm glad mind. that you guys are now trying to defend this movie because <laughs> at first it's you're like, "It's a like, good movie." <laughs> it I'm is not going to say it's not a good movie. It's right. a very good movie. It is. No, it's I good... don't. I'm. I'm not defending it, but I'm saying like why it was happening. It's just uh, like it was. It's a good movie. I love it every time it's on. Like when I watch it. Like when we had to watch it, obviously this week. I loved the ending when he saw his dad again, which is obviously once again, Matt. Like yeah. I'm sorry, Spoilers. Matt Zach. Like we're. We're getting into spoiler territory, but more importantly, the uh, similarities between this and like the Lion King are hilarious. But yeah, he sees Ghost Dad, and it was really great because his, his dad gets that line where he says, "You are me and more and more." Yeah, and it was really sweet. I love that. I did. I, yeah, I like the dad character. I really liked him. Yeah, and, I was uh, sad when he died. Sounds like uh, Johnny Cash. Voice the crazy pterodactyl looking things. Oh my gosh, the pterodactyls. Yeah. I have a lot to say about them. Yeah, the storm it, chaser go pterodactyls. Go, go for okay, it. Okay, yeah. Do we want to talk about them now or do we yes. want to talk about do we want to talk about the uh No, let's get good dinosaur good and, and through, man. Let's just stick yeah, we'll, we'll Okay. Do I didn't know if we wanted to talk about like the little farming dinosaur culture before we, uh, <laughs> we we jump to the other the other types of dinosaurs and their fun well, their fun weird societal well, you know role. I have to admit that like all to me, like how you were saying, you know, it's like them bonding, Matt, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, the scene with them tripping balls was like a bonding moment. That's kind of how I felt with like the farming to me wasn't a big deal because I could tell it was all just a point to set up Arlo's character, like how he is on the farm. And this is his relationship with his brother, who obviously is um, stronger and more brave and a sister who's just smarter. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of setting up the normal stuff. But the reason why I don't I don't have much to say about it is because the movie doesn't have much to say about it because it's all just set up. And then you don't really, you, we don't even get a cut back to the farm. It's they don't the movie doesn't well, yeah. really, yeah, like it doesn't really. It's just kind of all set up there to get you from point A to point B, like plot wise. Does he me. deserve to like stamp his mud paw print? I think so. His mark, yeah, his mark, yeah, yeah, dude. Homeboy got um literally like flushed down nature's toilet down that river yeah it was like flushed away but with a dinosaur yeah and then he made his way and back like home. he actually yeah. had a family instead of just a cage in some french lady's house good point but yeah he made his way back home so i, I fully support him putting his mark up there man and arlo yeah like, but he didn't like do something that was like bigger than himself though uh as far as you know but meanwhile you and i must have seen a different movie because he definitely just what? Didn't himself he saved that critter he saved spot okay that's bigger well, than- yeah but his family doesn't know that well, well I'm maybe sure he, he probably him. mentioned it yeah maybe he told him yeah also he like missed out on the whole harvest so it's like did the dinosaurs get enough food for winter yeah winter just started so yeah uh, 
But see, so, that, that was my thing is like, if you guys have any more to kind of expound upon, like the, mm. the oh, there's there's plenty to talk about. Yeah, like chickens. So the whole chickens are hilarious. But why do they have chickens? They're herbivores. <laughs> For pet? they wouldn't eat the eggs. That's true. So, like, what are they going to trade them for something? Maybe yeah, they're going to be bartering. Yeah, I mean, I like how you have this uh, this little hunter gatherer orphan boy, and then these farmer dinosaurs. I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, an interesting take. So you start the movie off, and it's oh, the meteor, the asteroid hits another asteroid, and it's going to Earth. Nope, haha, <laughs> none of that. Alternative history already. And all the dinosaurs are just chilling. Like, I wonder if that's how that would actually happen. Like, would they sort of evolve to a point where they would farm and stuff? I don't know. I don't Probably know. not the Apatosaurus because they wouldn't have a reason to. They just kind of wander about eating from the trees. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fun it's a fun story idea. And there's more of those like all of the uh, all of the different kinds of dinosaurs that we see are a lot of fun. And they have uh, they have these weird like quirks about them. So let's talk like uh, what is it? Who was the first one? The the it was like some Triceratops the variant the thing. Yeah, I think he's is he he's uh, on the cast. He's labeled as the pet collector. <laughs> where he just had yeah. all the animals. I forget yeah. this guy's name. The Triceratops is so great, dude. I love yeah, it just so just says much. pet collector for his name. Just like. Oh, you have not named him. I will meditate on this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I name him, I keep him. Mm, killer. <laughs> yeah. Murder. The whole, uh, uh, he keeps me, he protects me from unrealistic expectations. Yes. <laughs> and this is Debbie. Just Debbie. She's the one who talked to him. <laughs> Just how monotonous he is. Like, you see him and he's hidden with all the birch trees. Oh. Camouflage, like dim in a bunch. And that's what I was gonna say. It's like that's slim to me. Once you get to that scene, I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, what's gonna happen after this? And then we got we jump from that to the the um the ranching, I guess, or whatever you would count. No, this is before the ranchers. There, you you find the storm chaser pterodactyls. Right, all right. So like that's when you know this movie isn't going to have like a distinct narrative. It's more of like a episodic tale of a dinosaur well, I mean, this, getting over his fear and i was like this okay, is another this. western film right this is definitely yeah, a western yeah yeah like we talked about it in a bug's life a little bit but this is straight i mean you've got sam elliott in it yeah it's i mean any movie that sam elliott is in too, is essentially score. Score. Don't forget a western the, film like yeah and the score oh, well absolutely know. the score too like from the start of it i was like all right cool and once he gets washed down the river i'm like all right yeah, we've got the fun, the fun Western film format. The oh, he's lost and he's trying to find his way home, and he meets a whole bunch of ragtag groups of people along the way. Yep. Now, if it was really yeah. a Western, wouldn't it be him trying to defend his home from the pterodactyls? That'd be pretty Western, and that would have been a no. bad movie right there. The good but dude, how the blow how the pterodactyls were introduced? No, Let's, Zach, we're Matt, Matt. Keep going, keep going. Expound on Sorry. your story. I like this. Keep going, Matt. Oh, what I was about to say. That's right, about him That's defending pretty- his territory. Let's tell the real story of the good dinosaur. I want to hear this. Tell no, I'm just movie. Saying that, that would probably be a better plot point. <laughs> oh, I thought you had like a whole pitch going. Like, you know what? Oh, Let's just- no. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, you can, 
I think you, like people have watched enough movies. Zach. I was like, no, yeah, jeez. Oh, I was like, oh, oh, shoot, did I mess up? No. no. I, was like, I was like, Matt, come on, man, do it. Bring us home, dude. <laughs> Let's just do this. Yeah. Like a violent. Or no, rescue. no, no. What would make it better is they're getting attacked, him and his family, and uh, Arlo's about to die from the pterodactyls, and then Spot comes back with his family and defends him and gets rid of the pterodactyls. <laughs> no, I was thinking There's more of a movie right there. And then well, that's like a work together. Matt, Unforgiven style, dude, where Arlo <laughs> comes in at the end after they've killed Spot. He's like, that's my friend you got out there. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> I that movie. And he just shoots all of them. You haven't seen it? It's so great, dude. And then, like, I can picture Arlo trying to do that Clint Eastwood line. Yeah, Clint Eastwood was director for that movie, right? Absolutely, man. That movie's like the anti-Western. It's a little weird, but he's a legend. Oh, for sure. He's he's definitely a weird guy. I hope he makes movies for, like, another 10 years. He's, like, 90 now, but... Oh, wow. Anybody can do it. Clint can. There's a sequel, guys. To... Good dinosaur. Yeah, right. Are you serious? Yeah, that's what it says. Is it coming or did it get released? It was in, it was a 2019 direct to video sequel. Oh, Oh, that's no count. Well, I mean, it says that it's up there. Huh, that's interesting. So, do we want to talk about like the Storm Chasers? I definitely want to talk about the Storm Chasers. They're introduced in, like, because initially you see them, they're like, oh, yeah, everyone gets, like, mixed about after a big, after a big storm. We follow the storm and the storm will, like, you think they're basically Tornado Chasers. Yeah, they're like Philip Seymour Hoffman from Twister or something. Exactly. And I was like, this is hilarious. I love it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we got to help the critters and all that stuff. And then he, (laughs) he helps them out. He's like, no, man. It's a freed critter because of you. And you have this cute little fuzzy marmic thing. Oh, yeah. And he just throws it in his mouth. And then the tail's hanging out. And he's like <laughs> trying to forcefully swallow this thing but down. But just that, that full 180 instantaneously. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was not dark. expecting that in this movie for it to just be that brutal. And then the oh. T-Rexes even end up being the good guys. I love that, and I loved how they were introduced too. They look the, even uh, more cartoony than Arlo, if that's any possible. A little bit, but they're also a lot of fun. How you have them looking like the brontosaurus in the background, and then it's like, oh, T Rex. Oh no, we're scared now. Because in yeah, every true. other film, except for Land Before Time two, uh, something about the Great Valley and Land Before Time, the Big Water, the Great Valley. These aren't the right names of those movies, but the ones that had Chopper, Gosh. where he was a nice T-Rex. Oh, That's you the only time you've ever... I love that one. Land Before Time you've... Part 3, I love that one with Chopper. No, dude. the third one was the one with the bullies. The second one and the fifth one had Chopper. Really? You Chomper. know that specifically? Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Zach. Cause... Hey, man, I watched those movies a lot. I think only the first one had Ducky. for a. No, they all had Ducky. Yeah, they, they all did. had Ducky. Well, yeah, they did. They may have had Ducky, but not the Ducky. Oh, Lord. Oh. Matt... <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, you know that means I oh, guess you know like they means? replaced the voice actress. What? Yes, we know what it means, Matt. Please, let's not depress yeah. everyone. Let's just not. Fun do fact: that. Ducky was a Parasaurolophosaurus. Yeah, it had the character of Ducky in it, Matt. We're not going to get into depressing everyone who listens to this. Yep. Yep. Okay. Anyway, let's let's get back to the good dinosaur. All right. Not... So yeah, the good dinosaur. Um, the T Rex introduction was really great, but I also love the fact that um they were 
they were, they were ranchers like ranchers and you know yeah. <laughs> the, the, the infighting between the siblings and clearly their dad who's voiced by sam elliott was was pretty fantastic i thought they were dating I just, at first Man. i thought the sam elliott bit the t-rex part was definitely my my favorite bit of the movie where he's just going on and they're having like fun cowboy stories and telling the stories about like how they got like for them their mark is when you get scarred up in a fight right and having like oh i was fighting some stego ranchers or stego uh stego raiders or whatever and, <laughs> and the idea that stegosauruses would raid um would raid their uh their cattle ranch <laughs> and then you have the the what were they the bandits oh the the they're rustlers yeah, the rustlers, the cattle, the longhorn rustlers. Yeah, yeah, and you have yeah, the feathers. I was like so confused. Why? Because I thought that was like so they're called rustlers, but they are actually raptors. Like they look like raptors, yeah. but they never. Well, call you them saw raptors. like cattle rustlers. Oh, yeah. 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 Have you never seen a western film, Matt? Oh lord, are you just gonna <laughs> call me out Man. on a podcast that will be released in three weeks? So everybody. <laughs> can just know this fact about me and I'm just going to be crying and you're not going to edit it out. Oh man. I think I've seen a Western <laughs> before. Oh, okay, cool. There's nothing to worry about. Exactly. There's nothing to edit out. Got okay, it. Cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. <You're welcome. laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, Sam Elliott as the, oh, uh, Blazing Saddles. That's a Western. Oh, technically God. it is. Yeah. Really, uh, the dinosaur is just blazing saddles, but without, with I guess less hate speech and less, um, less, yeah, less musical numbers. Saddles necessarily, but I mean, unless Gene Wilder's character is like treated as like a kind of feral dog and reunites with another family at the end, maybe I don't know. No, what I don't know. (laughs) Gene Wilder in that movie isn't he like in Blazing Saddles? He's in Blazing Saddles. Yeah, he did that like right after Willy Wonka. Exactly. So like I figured you'd put him in the spot character role, you know? Why not? True. And then Bart is like, his name's Bart, right? I can't remember. I haven't seen that yeah. forever. Okay. We have talked about like a million other movies besides. We like, have. We usually talk about, about like five dinosaur. It, no, it, I was good. Yeah, we're good. It was a dinosaur. Um, yeah, it was a very wholesome movie, and I feel like it, it touched on a lot of. Uh, I, I was surprised that I hadn't seen it before. I guess this was kind of like that period when I was like, "All right, well," I'm just not like watching movies as much anymore. <laughs> yeah, I remember taking Grace and Jackson um, to see it. Those are my kids. For anybody listening, um, I Way took to them to see them. it in theater. In a theater, Jesus, I said in theater, like that makes sense. Um, okay. And I, I don't know, I, I watched it and I liked it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't anything like close to what the normal like Pixar crying fest, you know, emotional yeah. roller coaster that you get sent on. But it was good. And I, I feel like a little it, emotional. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a little. Yeah, there were like, a couple parts. I mean, like, there were a couple, but just yeah. just it just didn't really like hit home because also I think, like I said, that middle portion where. Maybe like right before, I don't know. The like drug bit? You know what it is? I'll, th- that's why I can explain it to you guys. Is um, Shout out Nerd Writer who has these really great video essays. He was talking about how Zack Snyder makes movies. Like he focuses on moments. Like individual moments mm. 
winded in themselves are really cool in Zack Snyder films. But for some reason, the movie falls flat as a narrative. And that's how I felt while like experiencing the good dinosaur. I was watching it and each individual moment, if you take them away from the context, whatever, they're really cool. Oh, like farming dinosaurs. Oh, it's a really cute setup. That's really cool. The dad who's like, you know, or you know, take it further, like inside that with the chickens. Like, why do they even have chickens? Who cares? It's really funny. It's cute. Like each individual thing you can go through and be like, that's a really interesting idea. I like how they do that. Like we just discussed the Triceratops guy with all the pets and like, that's really funny. Yeah. But then like you walk away from the entire film, like as a narrative and you're like, it's good. It's good. (laughs) It's really good. But it's not like, I think like, uh, we might be judging it too hard because it's a Pixar film. Absolutely. hundred percent. Like if this was like, uh, I don't know like Illumination, DreamWorks, like one of those, we'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's good. Because they're like, like Minions. It. Yeah. Cause Minions yeah. seems to be like this classic. And then you watch it and you're like, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <Yeah. laughs> really good. hundred percent. I believe I a hundred percent agree with you, Matt. It's like, because it's I'm just, like judging it hard and it's probably because of that reason. Well, I think it's funny that we're even saying that when, um, that was kind of the basis of like, the whole thing behind uh, Atlantis, like why it wasn't all that well received when it first came out. It's because like it's Disney, you know, it's the Disney brand. And then you watch it and it's like so different from everything Disney had ever done that you're like, I don't know. But now like we loved it as kids and we love it now, mm-hmm. but I'm sure like other people at the time, older audience members who were, you know, parents taking their kids to it were just like, eh, I'm not really feeling this or whatever. And that's why it just didn't make all of its money. I think that's the reason why Good I mean, Dinosaur. mean, it made $332 million in the box office. It just didn't make as much money as Disney wanted it to. Okay, Zach. I'm and maybe saying. having two having uh, two Pixar movies come out in the same year, maybe that. Yeah, that really messed them up. I think this was the Wait, reason what they came out the same year. Uh, Inside Out. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, and that makes sense. And that's why Pixar hasn't done it since. Because it does. Even though this, this other film, the film I'm about to mention, came out like, uh, when did Dinosaur come out? Because even seeing trailers for this, I still had like dinosaur vibes in my head. Because that was the, the yeah the last um, the last CG like dinosaur yeah. based movie that we'd had, and that was also a Disney film. Yeah. So I think, and those dinosaurs felt more photoreal than these dinosaurs, even if they're those environments maybe didn't. Yeah. So I think that's part of the weirdness of this movie too. It's just kind of some, some weird choices, which I get it. They're very Pixar choices. And I think like the only character model that really like kind of seemed weird to me was Arlo's. Mm. Like it seemed like the weirdest. The T-Rex families, like their heads just looks really weird. I don't know. I liked how Sam Elliott's t-rex butch had like no eyes he had like the brock from pokemon eyes <laughs> right that's how i felt and it, it, yeah. it fit his character though i don't know see once it's again it. i actually really liked each of the character models because going back mm-hmm. to what you said about arlo's like skinny legs and his big stumpy feet like you could tell that they wanted to get across that arlo is this very awkward seemingly kind of physically yeah like frail character that like oh man i don't know if he's gonna make it like i've never felt more scared for a character when he was like he had his leg trapped and it was nighttime he heard all the growling i'm like oh jesus man this kid's terrified and i and they did a good job with the character design of showing you at least from just in arlo alone like how you could 
design a character to literally show them being fearful and like, you know, putting, stacking the odds against them physically. Like when he, as a, let's put it this way. If you take his older brother, I forget his older brother's name, Bo, I think. Um, no, what was it? Butch? Not Butch. Uh, Uh, Actually, it might've been Butch. No, it was Buck. Buck, Buck. Um, when you have Buck in the same scenario against even three pterodactyls, you're pretty sure, pretty confident Buck's going to like make it out all right. But you put Arlo in it and you just look at the type of build he has and like, he just, you're like, oh no, man, that's not good. No, that's not good. That's not going to Wasn't it like five? No, there's only three of them. Oh, uh, at the end, I felt like, yeah. Oh, there were five. I think at the end there were five. I'm pretty sure there, there was only still the three of them. No, because he like knocked two of them into the creek, and he like catapulted one of them. I think so. It, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, you're what are you talking about? Oh, the the, the, end, the, the pterodactyls. I remember yeah. the two of them were carrying them off, and he like got. Yeah, there them were five the at the end. There, I okay. think there were only three in the first. Scene. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll see. That was actually really scary when in the first scene where he's like hiding, um, spot. Oh my god, yeah, that was and, terrifying. Well, that's what like, Zach was about. Like that shift and immediately you're terrifying. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. No, not like, even oh, not you've even got that. a critter too, and yeah. this guy becomes a meth head. No, that <laughs> yeah, that part was scary, but when he was basically like interrogating Arlo and you can just like see the look on his face and he's like, You know where he is and I don't know exactly what it says, but yeah. It was like scary. And then I think he like runs I mean, to go there. get spot. Yeah. But like I think overall I didn't really like any of those characters that they run into on the way. Like you didn't like Sam Elliott as the the cattle ranching tyrannosaurus. Really. I mean, they kind of annoyed me. But what? I just wasn't You're crazy. Man. Wasn't into it. No, I was totally into maybe, the Sam Elliott. Maybe I just don't understand the concept of this movie. Like it's like kind of out there. Well, so it's a western film with dinosaurs as place and humans and like cows are in there and yeah i like how the humans were super feral yeah and then so here's the thing like how quickly he was to just i guess these are probably good people spot go live with them forever now i thought that was his family no well they all had like different hair no because his family died right i don't do we know that he never well, talks. he shows us. Do you remember when they do the little stick thing? Which oh. I thought that was a really powerful moment yeah. in the film, too. Yeah. When he, like, buried... When they buried the... Uh, Papa. The dead relatives. Yeah. Poor Papa. Yeah, dude, for real. Poor Papa, man. But... I don't know. I've, I, I keep going back to... We get to the end. You know, um... I don't know if it's Spot's family at all, but it's definitely a family. Uh, but it's a really beautiful sequence. I like animation that dares to kind of not have a whole bunch of dialogue in it and the good dinosaurs up there. So I appreciated that they weren't afraid to have longer sequences. Like I said, that beginning when Arlo is, he washed up on the side of the river, he climbs up, he like has to make a little fort for himself during a rainstorm. And then the, the following sequences with him and Spot until they get to the Triceratops and then like them, tripping out whatever and him arlo kind of having that moment um with the um just the fireflies again i guess i, I call them because i don't know what oh, I call yeah them. lightning bug sequence um before he actually gets to finding out why spot is alone um with the stones it was really sweet um 
all of it. It really, really like these individual moments. I can't stress enough for anyone who absolutely needs me to stay how I feel. I'll say it again. Like these individual moments are really sweet, really beautiful, really mm-hmm. exciting. Everything else is in and of itself. But for some reason, and I don't know why it could be just me as a whole. It was like, okay, but like, I, you know, it's good. It's good. I will definitely watch it again. It always like, um, Zach, what did you say before? It's like it's a feel good, like heartwarming. Oh, it's definitely movie. a feel good movie. It's a yeah. fun, it's a fun time. It and if you like good. westerns, I think you'll like this western because it's a western with dinosaurs. Yeah, and I'm always down for a western. I love westerns. I yeah, think. cowboys versus aliens. Yeah. <laughs> not Do exactly. you think like the, the trope of hey, we're not really family, but we're family is overdone by now? I feel I like you so. see it all the time. Yep. I think the way they've gone about it is overdone, but no, I don't think that concept is done. It can it can be approached from it was a- like Fast and the Furious, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Those are like the ones. What? <laughs> where are you? I like those two choices. No, where it's like, oh, we're just a group of people, and then we become close, but we're family. Well, I'm pretty sure in Fast and Furious, it's more like a gang, right? I, I, yeah, I don't and so really at Guardians like- of the Galaxy. I don't really like throwing Fast and Furious in there with like narrative structure or like the themes. <laughs> like the theme is the cars, and then yeah. you know they throw in like and how family, fast and furious family. they drive. Yeah, and then they just throw in like the family thing, and I'm like, whatever, dude. Get the cars. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm Vin <laughs> Diesel. We're family. I paid my money. We're family. And this mm. is coming from someone who literally owns all of them. I own every single Fast and Furious movie. I love them. When you do all. anything for family? <laughs> yeah, I'm Vin Diesel. Like, dude, Gotta you do whatever needs. Yeah, you do whatever the plot requires for you to get into like a really fast car or get in a really cool fight scene. Shut up, just do yeah. what. It Matt is. just thinks that every Vin Diesel movie is about family. Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, uh, Fast Chronicles and Furious, the Pacifier. <laughs> Yo, the Pacifier is low key a really good movie. I don't want to get into All that, right. but like, I really love Triple X. Triple X, baby. <laughs> So should we hop over to Finding Dory now? Yes, I think, I think uh, so. Yeah, like should Let's we? Do it. Should we like keep up the same format where I just list things and then you guys can go off? Yeah, list some things, Matt. I like your, I like, I like Matt's list idea because I feel like after I say all this stuff, and if you guys want to say whatever you want to say, you say yeah, it anyway. It gives us good jumping off points. I mean, none of my notes are really that great. It's just random things. And usually, you're really selling the episode really well. Usually I'm like drinking when I'm watching these. So they may not make sense. So my first note for finding Dory is predictable plot. And the reason why I say that is when mm-hmm. finding Nemo came out, I watched it when I was like 11. And as soon as I watched it a couple times, I'm like, Oh, they should totally make a movie called uh, Finding Dory, where Dory's the one who's lost. And I think like even the plot's like a little bit different, where they're it's more like finding Dory, finding her family, but it's still like the same concept. They are like looking for Dory the whole entire time, but it, it just felt like an easy, like almost lazy sequel idea. Just wait a minute, Matt. Am I hearing you correct in that Pixar stole your idea? For finding Dory. No, I just think it's such an easy idea that an 11 year old would think of it. (laughs) I think it just shows like in the 2010s, there's like a long list of sequels that are unnecessary. And they're like 
overall disappointing just because they didn't really do much. And well, I, think, I hope that you do realize that those sequels are what's keeping Disney alive right now in this COVID world. Yeah, I, and I I thank them every night before I go to bed. I pray. Thank you, to, Disney sequels. I pray to my Incredibles two poster and my Toy Story four poster. <laughs> oh, I give I give my Woody doll a kiss on the forehead, <laughs> and I'm like, thank you for keeping Disney Disney uh, alive. They really need it. Oh my god. But it is like every time I watch those movies, I'm like, yeah, this is good. And then I think about it. I'm like, uh, not really. It's not really that good. And I think Finding Dory is definitely one of those. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought it had a lot of cool moments in it. Like I love the, uh, the Sigourney Weaver recurring bit. Oh, I don't know why. Dude, I love see. Okay. I'm okay, going to go on. That's one of my notes too. Talk, I've got like a whole thing. I've got a whole spiel that might go on for a bit. So you guys go ahead. Okay. Um, do you want to jump right to that or do you want to yeah. throw something else? Yeah, before? we can jump to that. I let's jump to it. I don't think it was funny. I think maybe like when they, when they referenced aliens with the, the mm-hmm. one whale using like the sonar or radar or whatever. Oh, that's art. what that was a reference to. I thought it was just like a general, uh, like oh, heist dude. type thing. I just, so I just don't like, like that was the joke. It's like, oh, it's Sigourney Matt, Weaver. Matt, it's Sigourney. I will, I will say this, Matt. You really didn't laugh when you have Idris Elba and Dominic West uh, seals like on the rock and oh, the seals thing were with so Gerald. And I thought they were Becky. mean. Like Gerald's Dude, obviously they were, mentally. They were definitely mean. Yeah. They were definitely mean, and that's why they got whacked in the face <laughs> with a giant fish at the end, which was hilarious. But no, I don't care what anybody says. Do you know how funny that is, dude? Like, I was dying laughing. It was, was, it was okay. It was, Gerald, 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 get off, get off. Or when they call him over, <laughs> to Gerald, yeah. oh, you want time on the rock? Oh, Gerald, look, welcome to your time on this rock. And then Idris Elba has a great line delivery. He goes, comfortable, isn't it? <laughs> get off, get then, off, get yeah. off, Gerald, get off. <laughs> and then they call Becky, which is so great. Like I love that. Yeah. Oh, dude, and the, the the bird is so great. I love it. He's like, oh. But I mean, that's how steals are too. They're very territorial and just very like chill when they're not in kill mode. See, and that's what I mean. The the great yeah. jokes that Andrew Andrew Stanton is able to pull from like actual like. The, like the the joke about the um the beluga whale was great. Like you said, like using the sonar and it's so funny. And then same thing oh, with I'm the using uh, them. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the beluga whale. The him and the whale shark were two of my favorite. Yes, characters. I love it. But also whenever like, they were on thing, there, that's a common thing. With I know you're talking shark. about me. Yeah, you now you're clearly talking about me. I can yeah. hear everything you're saying about me. Like it's so great, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I loved all the little, and then obviously the uh, the octopus played by um Ed O'Neill. Who, if the audience who's listening to this, our audience mm-hmm. of hopefully like hundreds and thousands of people who love our show, um, millions and millions, millions. Ed O'Neill is um from um married with kids, um married with children, married with children. Sorry, yes. Um, I just know like episodes of that show would come on early in the morning. That's where I recognize him from. And I know he's been in a bunch of other movies and people are going to kill me, but I just recognize his voice from that. And he was always really great. So to see him play this octopus was hilarious. And his first scene with Dory is absolutely fantastic where he's just trying to get the, um, the tag. 
He's like, well, you know, if you just give me that tag. And then Dory, first off, is like, oh, this one, sure. And then, like, he goes reach for it. She's like, wait, why do you want my tag? Wait, you know what? I'm starting to like this tag. Like, so, uh, and she's just being herself and annoying the crap out of him. I thought was just pure, like, that, that's that's giggle fits for me. I you yeah, got I liked I liked how they built that relationship between those two characters. Oh I thought God, it was I, I thought it, it was fun because at first you're like, Hank, you're kind of a dick, but well, we kind of like you. But it's, then it's he's obvious. Yeah. It's the most obvious um, choice as far as like a foil for a character. If you need them to talk to somebody, right? Let's go back to um, Inside Out. As a matter of fact, you have joy and you have sadness. And they're polar opposites literally in what it is they do in life. And then you have Finding Dory, which is Dory is literally trying to find a family. And um, Hank, our octopus, is trying to be alone as possible. He wants to be in a glass case by himself, not bothered by anyone. That is his goal. (laughs) And so it's really great to see these two characters – kind of discuss things in between like when they're in the baby carriage or underneath it in the little <laughs> he's like eating the kid's popcorn or whatever it is and he's yeah. just telling me i don't get it i don't get anything you're telling me i don't know nope, i don't relate can't relate sorry and it's so great um and then obviously they have their um darla to the umpteenth degree like you take the character oh my her, god the touch tank that was like a horror scene shit fabulous dude like that's what I mean. I had no idea. I don't know where I was the first time I saw this movie. To this day, I don't know. I don't know if I took the kids to see it or not. I know I own the Blu-ray. I just kind of sat there. I don't know if maybe like my kids just didn't really care about it. But I watched it again this week, and I loved every second of it. I was really surprised how much I really enjoyed it, Um, starting with, and I'm just going to start from the beginning, Baby Dory is mm-hmm. hands down the cutest fucking thing I have heard, seen, had to enjoy a movie with. Since I think it was the baby Tarzan. The first time I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, that's a cute, cute anime. Oh, baby. yeah, baby Dory is adorable. Baby Dory is amazing, dude. And the way she says, "Um, I have trouble with my memory. <laughs> like, she mm-hmm. mispronounces the word, and it's so cute. And then, um, obviously, it made me want to tear up, man, when she actually did get lost in those early scenes when she's trying to ask Fish to help her. It's baby Dory, and it's mm-hmm. it's sad, dude. Oh, like, yeah, it's tragic. It went right for the gut punch, dude. Yeah. Um, and then you uh, get obviously her scenes with Marlin afterwards, and those are really great sequences. Once again, that's really like natural comedy where she would forget that yeah. number one, they're trying to sleep, but number two, it's an anemone, and you know she's gonna get stung, right? Well, she doesn't care. She keeps forgetting. She keeps going back. And she keeps gets. And then uh, Marlin's great reaction was like, "No, Dory, we're going back to sleep, okay?" By the third time, he's like, "Okay, never mind. We're up." Let's go. <laughs> like, that's been me, dude. Like, I've done that before. Like, it's so great. I love it. That little relatable humor they have. When was that? When was that scene? That scene was literally in, like, the very beginning, dude. Very, very beginning. Like, right after Shereen and I, Did I miss that scene? What you might have missed it, dude. Go yeah, back and watch it. That's weird. Right, right in the beginning. Yeah, it's huh. literally right there in the beginning before she goes on the, uh, the Manta Ray class, which, once again... Even that mm-hmm. in and of itself is pretty great. I love that character. I wish there was more of that character in the Oh, movies. yes, dude. Uh, but the, I, to me, it was, I don't know, once again, I can't tell you where I was when I first saw this because it really bothers me that I didn't, I didn't have any kind of a reaction like this the first time I saw it. I don't know why. Maybe I was expecting something else. Um, but once I, I was able to just kind of get on board with the movie, which was mm-hmm. like when she talks about the undertow, getting swept away in the undertow. Yeah. Um, once again, I have to credit Andrew Stanton and his writing team for having such a nice little theme of like getting caught in this thing that just sweeps you away. If you think about it, it's just like her flushed memory away. loss, like her memory just, loss. Like, away. Oh my God. I'm talking about what relates to the character using narrative and like story 
um, elements to really kind of drive home uh, what is going on inside a character, help you relate more, and just having things rhyme thematically in a film. Yeah. The undertone, the idea of getting swept away is literally relates to Dory specifically because, you know, she forgets where she is, she forgets things, and the next thing you know, she's, you know, way the hell out there forgetting everything or at least trying to find her way back but keeps forgetting. So, like, you know, getting caught in the undertow. It's it's a really great narrative thing. Really intelligent writing there. I really liked it. I, okay, Will, I got a couple more points to make, and then you yeah. can continue. I want to talk about the octopus real quick. Go ahead, talk about the octopus. Um, so... Fun thing about octopuses is once, or octopi, sorry, once they're out of water, they basically have like no strength. So how he's like jumping around everywhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, and how he, I like, mean, narratively. Turns it's, into a flower pot or something like that. Like, yeah. When he like hides in the coffee pot. And then at the end of the movie, how it's a Where's Waldo game when you get to the credits and it's like he's hiding in every shot that they show during the credits. And it's like, you just got to find him. <laughs> I don't know if you guys paid attention to that, but no, how he's I like, now I want to go back. <laughs> yeah. I like do. when they go in the credits, it'll just be him hiding for like five seconds. And then his eyes like peek out and then the shot changes. But also how he's like doing that whole, the camouflage stuff that octopi do. And it's, it's, I thought there was a lot of just fun, creative things that they did with using an octopus. They really did, and you're right. Like, yeah. That's what we know is octopuses can literally stretch, move. Basically, how they move yeah. is they are pumping in water and pumping it out, like literally through everything. That's their whole point. Is that's mm -hmm. how they get so small to fit into things, and that's how. Oh, they yeah, they can fit into a glass bottle. Right. So, like, that's because they can manipulate the water in their body to kind of push it out and right. link in. So it is funny to see how well he moves while yeah. dry. <laughs> you're just like, okay, and that's the other thing I think that. Um, that if there's a negative for Finding Dory for me, it's that you could tell that they're kind of stretching it. Like, remember how we talked about with the the good dinosaur? Like, it's kind of silly. Like, the the the, the dinosaur didn't look, you know, the characters I just kind of threw you off with the photorealistic backgrounds. Yeah. It's kind mm -hmm. of how I felt with how some of the animals behaved and looked in Finding Dory. Because, for example, yeah. Gerald. Gerald doesn't really look so much like an actual seal or anything so it just kind of threw me off a little bit because <laughs> i know that so much of like the original the, the finding nemo they kind of kept most things to a certain mm -hmm. degree photorealistic and like well within right. the, the design naturally i'm not saying every animal was but to see so many animals in this movie be kind of like you know behaving not so much like animals and not even looking like they would it was kind of weird but once again i i I don't like to hold that as a negative because if that's a character choice or that's what the animators are choosing to do, then that's fine. I kind of get over it pretty quick, but maybe I'm just spitballing here on why like I didn't have such a strong reaction the first time I saw it. I feel like there's like a slow bit somewhere around the second act, like right before the uh, the beginning of act three, which this has a really strong opening to act three in this film. Right? Like really strong. It's like the lowest of the lows. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, that yeah. was pretty excellent. Um, Where, when everything um, goes to shit, basically. Yeah, when uh, Marlin and what what's his name, the Nemo are in the, the octopus, um, and the octopus Hank all in the scoops truck. up Dory out, and Marlin and Dory, and it's all like a POV shot too. Yep. Hank gets captured by the the uh, the, the aquarium staff. Mm -hmm. She's all alone and flushed down this down this drain back into the ocean. And just lost. And I mean, oh my, I was tearing up at that spot. Because I was like, oh no, how's she, how's she going to get out of this tree? 
Uh, and then what's even better though is they kind of still hold that off for a bit to where she follows yeah. the shells to her mom and dad, and we get that great sequence. We get that great scene. Um, it was really nice. I, I really, I had emotional reaction to that. Um, watching it by myself, I'm a grown man in my living room watching Finding Dory, and you know you got Diane Keaton as her mom, mm-hmm. um, telling her you found us. Look what you did, and I was just like, yeah, I know Dory, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like I just, it was so happy for her. And then like, she remembers, Oh yeah, I got a family. And it was really great. Cause you know, as Matt would like to tell you that, that theme kind of mm-hmm. be- it's beaten over our head, over our heads a bit <laughs> in most movies of like your family, you know, not just blood related, but you know, your friends and family and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> We're family. You see, and her family's yeah, going to drive together fastly and, and like- furiously. <laughs> But um, what uh, one part of the movie that made me feel like almost queasy was when she was going through the pipes and got lost and it was just swimming all over and all, there were all those like weird pipe jump cut and stuff. And I just remember feeling really disoriented and getting anxiety from it. That was one <laughs> thing, too. Like with Dory's character, she gives me anxiety. <laughs> right. I mean, Cause it's like, you know, that it's not just going to be a one and done thing it's like we're gonna go roundabout in as complicated of a way as we can to get to the x that is the end of the movie (laughs) like if if dory wasn't didn't have like the 51st states disease this movie would probably be 20 minutes i get you oh yeah i remember where my parents were and then they go there that's, they that's actually that. a really good point. I'm not gonna lie, that's a really good point. It's like if yeah. she didn't have memory loss, this would be a very simple movie. But then again, we wouldn't have a movie, I would think. Um No, you'd have like a you'd have like one of those Pixar animated shorts. Oh, that's true, yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> like the one with You're... the guy playing chess. Yes. That is still to me the greatest Pixar animated short is the old man playing chess. That is yeah. nothing from Bugs that. Life. Nothing beats that, dude. I used to watch that and then turn it off. I'd be like, I don't really watch a Bugs Life, but I do like that animated short. I put the That's cassette weird, tape but in. okay. Yeah, I'd watch the VHS Do tape. they still have those for all of the movies? I don't know if they do. I don't think they kept them with the Blu-ray um, re-releases. Well, no, but I mean like in the in the theatrical releases of these films. I think they still have animated shorts that come on before. Yeah, because the latest one, what was it, Bow or something? I don't know. Because I haven't, I don't think I've watched a Pixar film in the theater in maybe six to eight years. Okay, well, shame on you. Um, well, I'm sorry, man. I know it's. I'll find a way to get over it, but maybe next time. I don't know. Fucking support, you know, Disney movies. I guess because you know Disney needs our money these days. Yeah, man. It's not like we're uh, we're running a podcast specifically about uh, Disney movies. No, not at all. So you kind of suck. So anyway. Sucks to suck, Zach. Yeah. So, um, Matt, did you have some other points you wanted to drop? I do. Go Let's for do it. it. So, another thing that I don't like about this movie is I liked how Finding Nemo was, it felt like a bigger picture adventure. Like, right. we need to go all the way to this part of the ocean to go find my mm-hmm. son. And it's going to take forever. We're going to meet all these different people. And it's some grand adventure. And I felt like in Finding Dory, they like almost made, I don't want to say like a joke out of it. Maybe they just didn't go that far. 
but it, it was like a five minute montage that took them to their destination. Right. And like that just kind of like, Oh, so we had a whole entire movie about your destination, but for this one, we're just going to fast forward through all that just to get, well, they just needed to follow the current. Yeah. But, but yeah, I do see what you mean. And, and then they spent the whole entire time just basically chasing each other around the Marine Institute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that it was, it did in that way, I guess it was a, a smaller scale, but this felt, this felt a bit more like a heist movie. Like yeah. You had, you had Hank trying to, trying to break into another, another, um, I guess you would say department of the aquarium. You have, you have Dory trying to find her family She's, and everyone yeah. else kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. And Zach, I actually think that's, that's a really good point as to, mm-hmm. I think that's why I also didn't react so highly to the movie. The first time I saw it is because I think I was expecting like a bigger scale movie, kind of how finding Nemo was, it was across this sea. And, you know, they, they met so many characters. We didn't get anything close to like what Bruce was. Yeah. Um, and we didn't, we didn't get any, well, of we that. had, uh, we had but, destiny. Uh, that's true. We got destiny, but I'm just saying, I like, like the no character impact, not literal size, but I'm just saying like, as far as I can, I could tell from what you were saying, I, I'm trying to think back. And yeah, I think that is a really good point that it's just a smaller scale film. It's, it's more of a heist and sneaking around and, and Matt, what you were saying about like, really, it's just kind of Dory inside this Marina and then, You've got Marlin and Nemo trying to find their way to her inside the marina, and the characters are separated for so long. But also, like, if you take that out of it, take out your expectations and things like that, like, just go with what the movie's trying to tell you. I do like the fact that the characters are separated, so you get these conversations that you normally wouldn't have the time to. Well, yeah, you got like, some fun, like, Marlin, Nemo. Exactly. And I also like the fact that, that you Nemo never had called, in the first movie. Right. And Nemo gets to call his dad out on his shit because. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I, I felt mean? like Marlon didn't really grow between the first and second See, movie. Thank you. There's there's another negative. Let's just say that right now. Like, Can, can I, I just say Dory... my note real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Because it has to do with that. I, I have a note that just it just says, is Marlon just a dick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, Basically. Like Marlon has. Like, I, I think, like, I understood him in the first movie because he's, like, going through the trauma of losing his wife. And, right, like, exactly. Yeah. About his son. And all of his children. Right. Yeah. I totally got it, dude. But this one is just, like, he was such a dick. Like, when and he said to Dory. Yeah. Go over there and forget. It's what you do. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's like, what do you expect? Why are you even trying to be friends with Dory? If you're just, That's like. That's what I would, Yeah. It's like calling out somebody on their handicapped, like that you're friends with after you're like friends with them. And so I'm glad you even touched on that because I think what their intention was, was to like, have it be this very stressful thing to deal with someone who does have like mm-hmm. a handicap or at least needs more care, the stress of it, right. Constantly having to worry about this person. It's like Marlon is always worrying about her supposedly. And that's what he tells Nemo is like, you know, I'm just worried about her. Um, and, and I get all that, but it's like, they could have done a little bit better where like you could have one scene where he was just somewhat nice to her or happy that she was in the room or at least like happy to be around her. And it's like, there was none of that for 95% of the movie. (laughs) And it's like, Jesus, Marlon, bro, you you're fine now. Like you have your son, like you're fine, man. You have no growth in the first movie. (laughs) Come on, man. 
dude, you're fine. Relax. He's even lying about all the sharks that he saw in the beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it made That Marlin was kind of weird. It was like, unlikable. come on, dude. Yeah. It's like, we all know the sharks, Marlon. Who are you trying to fool? Right. So then I'll, I'll go ahead and say that I, what I've come away from Finding Dory with is that actually it's a better movie than I remember. It's actually a really good movie, really touching, heartfelt. Baby Dory's the second cutest baby I've ever seen, fish or human. And um, Marlon's a dick. <laughs> I did like the truck sequence. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that was hilarious. Was that that was Do you think that's too wacky? Like, uh, It was pretty wacky, having the octopus so driving the like, truck. The first Finding Nemo is definitely a lot more realistic. Yeah, see? Yep, absolutely. But that's what I mean. It's like either you get on the movie's wavelength where you're just like down for it. Yeah. We, it's like if you think about it too much, it's... Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like okay, yeah. but like if you think of the first movie, what you remember about that, like the wacky, the wackiest thing that you remember from that it's movie, a bird getting into the dentist office, yeah, yeah, and then like yeah, the yeah, oh, I was gonna say the Pictionary it. fish, <laughs> the, or like the Pictionary the fish, fish, like hopping on on uh, Darla and like hopping on Darla's head, and then this fish one is like literally an octopus driving a semi truck and driving it just fine. Not killing anybody. Just. Yeah. Right? I mean, he was driving someone. in the wrong lane. I don't think yeah. anybody say died. Just fine. Yeah. Nobody died. Everybody was all right. Everything was fine. <laughs> also, I thought the otters were pretty quick to just be like, sure. We'll help you with. Whatever. See, that's me too. I was thinking, I was like, dude, the otters just go with it. Like, why? What are yeah. they? Why would they <laughs> First they off, were really cute though. Dude, the the the, sequ- the the scene where she yells is like cuddle time, <laughs> and they all cuddle up in the cute little otter noises, which we all know in the wild otters are just assholes, man. They're they're not. Oh like- yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty. Uh, <laughs> little punks. They are. They uh. Let's just not get into otters, okay? If anybody wants to know about it, please like Google um the um the great stand up. What is it? Michelle Wolf has a whole thing. She goes on for like five minutes about otter yeah. rape. It's pretty great. <laughs> oh, that's that's wholesome and family friendly. It was well, okay. See. So, uh, so Matt, what was uh what was your next point, Matt? I think that's about it. I think we touched everything. Oh wow! <laughs> Even my soul. After I just mentioned otter rape. I think we touched everything. My last note was going to be otter rape. How'd you know, Will? Did you pass into my Google Doc? Oh God. Uh, one day we'll have like one episode that I don't have to say is explicit. Are Are you ready to vote? We just said dick I, like ten times in the past five minutes. Let's vote. I'm ready to vote. All right, so Matt, which film uh, are you going to vote to go Dory. on? Oh, okay. All right, Will. Finding Dory. Oof, gotta do that. Gotta go with Finding Dory. Yeah, I also think that I need to go with Finding Dory. Yeah, I, uh, I just think those characters were a lot easier to connect with. Yes, and I felt like more of the sequences were easy to connect with and relate to. I think part of it might be that it was like a human world, right? And you have this aquarium world instead of like the ocean, and th- there is clear like human involvement in that world. Maybe that makes it feel more tangible, like we can touch it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but 
We also, this movie made a billion dollars in the box office. That makes sense. Yeah, so we are so going to get our Finding Marlin movie. Yeah, there's going to really? be there's yeah, there's got to be a third one, man. It makes a billion dollars. No way, Disney's not trying to make that work. They're not trying to yeah. reprint that money. Come on, baby. It, it's Finding like that, Dory too. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's like the what is it? The Justin Timberlake line in the Social Network. It's like a million's not cool. You know what is cool? A billion. That's how Disney oh, feels. Oh, of course. <laughs> All right. So with that, we uh, we give a fond farewell to the good dinosaur. Hold on one second. This is going to be a slight tangent, but I feel like we could add like onward and make this a triple threat of Pixar movies oh, that God. have to do with family that just aren't quite up to par. Or not. It was a joke. I haven't seen Onward. Is it good? It's Okay. It's it's like it, up there with it has like family dinosaur. stuff, yeah. And it's like okay, I I probably like it more than the Good Dinosaur. I don't know if I like I it more I than, like it more than Good Dinosaur. Then how come if you liked it, then why wasn't it in the bracket? I don't know, Will. I just really wanted to give the Good Dinosaur its its due, like its moment yeah. to at least be talked about. Or maybe Onward's Will fresh. just realize that he liked Onward better. We can put Onward against Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, no, we can't because Hunchback and Notre Dame is a Disney movie. Well, yeah, yeah, Pixar versus Disney. But where are they going to go in the bracket? I mean, if we you just add them, another round, and then we can add two more where, movies. Where would it go? It, the bracket has to be divisible by a certain amount. Of, it has to be like in like sixteen. Why don't we just make 32. that its own separate episode? We'll just make that its own, just for shits and giggles. We just make. Um, it- oh yeah, I guess we could just. So you're saying like add two more double rounds. We would. So we're at 32 oh, right geez. now. 32 rounds. Yeah. So we'd have to make it 64. So that means, or we can just. Throw Wait, we it can't up just against- add like two more movies. No, math doesn't work. Or that I way. mean, four more movies. No. So that there's one for each side. Because then they'll have nothing to go up against. Oh, so what we have to do is add eight more movies, is what you're saying. But then after those are eight are gone, then they'll just be hanging out while the I gotta like I don't know. Get a you're chart. making him do maths. Stop it, Zach. You leave him Man. alone. But it, it like just by tournaments, he has to make it divisible. If we're doing it like this, where it's like four different groups, you have to make it. You guys, I want to talk about Rick and Ralph already. I'm Hold ready on. to talk about Rick and Ralph. Hold on. I need to go to the bathroom, so... This seems like a great time to talk about today's sponsor. <gasps> oh, yeah. FreshBooks is, the, is the, the premier tax book advantage software that helps you send uh, stuff to your clients, send them invoices. They see these invoices. You get to see that they see these invoices. And if they try to dip out on you, you get to send... FreshBooks team of mafia investigators to uh, take out Fresh FreshBooks uh, loan policy and uh, beat up these people in the face with a tire iron or maybe a blunt object or maybe cut off their pinky with a uh, with um what it, what is it a uh, pruning shears. Get yourself a discount on FreshBook with uh with our uh, our our code um Finding Dory. <laughs> I really thought that you like had a weird actual like ad to do. And I'm like, Hey man, yeah. cool. Good job. Good hustle. And then you're like, our code finding Dory. Oh, so it's not real. Okay. Yeah. You thought it was, you thought that we, we had a real, 
sponsor? Yeah, I did, man. I was really getting my hopes up there. So I want to appreciate you for messing with my emotions. Oh, cool. It was really rude. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, well, next time don't do that, all right? I got really excited. Like Our next contender, a film about the underground world of arcade games. It's Wreck-It Ralph. S-U-G-A-R, jump inside your racing car, it's Sugar Rush, Sugar Rush. Does, this also has Owl City music in it. Yes, it does. He comes in at the uh, the end, I think. It's when the uh, the end again? credits with that awesome 8-bit animation. Um, oh, yeah. Movie. You get to see, you get to see the second boss from Sonic the Hedgehog 3 yeah. flying around. Oh, I think, um, uh, what's his face? Mr. Dubstep Man. Isn't it? Who's who the heck is Mr. Dubstep Man? He was very popular in the early 2010s. Oh Lord, I don't know what that is. I don't even know. That doesn't narrow it down at all. Skrillex. Okay. Oh, why wouldn't you just say that? Because I forgot his name. Oh. Wait, is he the one that has the marshmallow hat thing? No, that's marshmallow. No, Skrillex. He did like the music for the bug game, where they're killing the bugs. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, I like how they had different composers for the different games. I absolutely love the Sugar Rush song, and yeah, I remember. I like how it's all in Japanese. <laughs> I honestly just love this entire movie. I got I, I. This is I, a great film. I love it because me specifically, not to tell everybody in the world my entire life story, but I've struggled with like the personification that I guess I get across to people that I have anger issues outside of like this podcast and my immediate friends and stuff like that. Um, I dealt with it a lot. Um, talk to people who get paid to, you know, listen to things and things like that. If you know what I'm saying? Um, I, um, I go to the gym quite often because it helps me. It's cheaper than therapy nowadays. And, um, I have children. And so when I saw Wreck-It Ralph, I was just expecting like this really fun, cool movie about a bad guy who wants to be a good guy, right? And instead what I got was this great kind of allegory of, I don't know, maybe just maybe I'm the only person who can relate to it of like having issues with how people see you because of something that you do or maybe mm-hmm. you know things that you've done before in your past. And you have this innocent life, this tiny person who just sees, you know, the purest you. They don't know anything that you've ever done that's been bad enough. They don't even care. They just kind of want to be your friend. They love you unconditionally. And it's it's so healing. And you just want to be the best person for them. And so everything else kind of falls away. And that's why, like, I kid you not, man, I cried like real tears at the end of this movie. Um when he says his favorite part of his day is when he actually gets lifted up and about to be thrown off the building. And um, instead now it's this wonderful moment. It's been this horrible thing that he hated for all his life. And now he loves it um, because he gets to see her. And he, and the, the final line is, you know, he goes, and I don't mind it because what does he say? If, if that kid likes me, how bad could I be? And it just like, I, it ruined me, it wrecked me for like days on end. I was just thinking about it. Like, wreck so it. true. Exactly. man. <laughs> It did. It wrecked me hard. And it's and it was a beautiful, beautiful story. And I've rewatched it. I, I can't tell you guys how many times because it's kind of embarrassing because it's right. it's like soul food for me. I just put the movie on and I, I just feel better, like even down Wreck to the sequence. Ralph. Yeah, because like when food. like 
because you know she just wants to be a really good racer and nobody will let her race just the sequence when he builds her the track inside of the um like the mentos yeah. um, soda lava thing yeah and it's like i i adore it and then it even goes down to it breaks my heart when he has to break that car because he thinks he's doing the right thing for her that's all he's ever you know been told or that's oh, what yeah. he thinks and he has to be the bad guy again and it, and it breaks it, it it ruins him as well and it you wrecks really him you are a bad guy oh it's the worst dude and it's like everything about it is wonderful everything down to like little interactions with him and vanellope just i i do i i adore yeah played by sarah silverman yeah i know man like who'd have thought because she knocks it but also mindy she would have been in a disney movie honestly yeah (laughs) i know she's not really the disney type but neither john c Riley. Yeah, see, as I was saying too, like John C. Riley or like Jane Lynch or like Mindy Kaling. I was like, okay, all right, I see it. Okay, this oh, is kind of nice. Oh, yeah. And Fix It Felix. Yeah. The guy who plays him from Jack like 30 Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fantastic he as is. Fix It Felix, man. I love him and Jane Lynch in scenes. The scene that'll live in infamy for me is when they get in the Laffy Taffy. And it's like. And he has to like keep beating the crap, or she has to keep punching him. So they'll see. So this laughy will come down, and he keeps fixing his face. She just like it gets worse. She keeps hitting him really hard, like harder and harder. I I love. Oh yeah, the laffy taffy. That was creepy. Oh my god, dude! Like I just love it so much. Like she was just straight decking him, and I don't know why. Like that just made me laugh. I I love the scene where. I, I don't remember where it was, but it's when like Fix It Felix is just staring at her like nonstop, yeah. like falling in love. I think it was like when they were looking for like rap or they're looking for that yeah. bug that got into like the whatever, the sugar rush land. Yes. And he just like won't stop smiling and she's like all pissed off at him. And oh. she like ma- he makes a comment that you give me the honey glow something awful. It's just like the cutest line in the world. I just love that character. No, dude, I, I I do too. I love it. I love the um the opening of the movie in um Bad Guys Anonymous. Yeah, um, that is probably one of the best setups for a movie I've ever seen because it's it's so funny. Like it fits perfectly. Like the, there's a help group for bad guys because you know they've been doing this all their life and they just need help. And Zangief's great line, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like I, I was crushing men's skull, like spider legs between my thighs and you hear the smack just <laughs> like when he smacks his thigh <laughs> like, you know Ralph you are a bad guy but this does not mean you are bad guy yeah <laughs> tell me bad guy <laughs> labels not you good bad ah, I you also uh, you. <laughs> I also liked how interesting well I guess maybe liked but I thought it was interesting how um there were the the clearly more expensive to license video game characters that didn't say anything like Dr. Robotnik and Bowser and Mario, where I think at one point Felix is like, Oh, Hey Mario, man, this guy where he's off screen. So it's like, you don't even see him. I know. But it's like, they have to throw that. um, The um, Diablo reference with Satine. Where he says, "Oh, thanks, Satan." That's clearly a Diablo reference, and then same thing with the um, oh, the guy who rips know, the zombie's Diablo. heart out. Clearly, is from um, like Mortal Kombat. Looks like Kano, but they couldn't get any of the licensing at all, so they just they made get up. You would think cause... Disney would be able to get all that licensing, but you would think so too. But it, it might have just been be too like expensive. The budget. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's look at the budget actually. So the 
Oh, it doesn't say the budget. The box office. Oh, the box office was forty seven four hundred seventy one million. So that's less than half of what uh, Zach. We were Finding like twenty dollars of that. I remember me, you, and my cousins. We watched it. Oh yeah, and then we played Slender afterwards. Just to, oh my gosh! Just like a just to show you what happened in twenty twelve. We listened to Owl yeah, City. You were playing Slender. Yeah. Owl City. You know what's really cool though? This style of humor that is in Wreck It Ralph. Guys, Rich Moore worked on Futurama for years before he ever got a chance to direct um Wreck It Ralph. I think that was oh, like his first animated okay. feature that he actually directed. And it makes sense now why that humor really worked for me. I love Futurama. Yeah. Oh yeah, it does it does have the it does have kind of Futurama vibes now that you mention that. Oh man, a lot of it. But let's get down to the amazing animation, which now like Disney's clearly stepped into 3D mm-hmm. animation and kind of taken over. Like they're on par with Pixar. And one of the ways that they did that I is I don't know about on par, but But I mean, come on, the eight bit animation, like the movement of the characters where they're in three D space, but now they move in an eight bit way was genius. I'm trying to remember genius. specifically where you're when he's in the building, like the literally when he's in that building that he supposedly like is going to be wrecking whenever the game gets turned back on and they're having the party for fix, fix a Felix and all the other characters that are like in the building, like at the party, mm-hmm. like what's the one guy's name? Um, the one character. Yeah. With like the mustache. He's like an older guy. Yes, he's like one of the townsmen. Yeah. I don't remember. And like all of them dance like that and it's great. And then they all move like that and talk like that. And it's, I don't know. I just loved it. I did. I loved it all. And then same thing with the um the bar hopper, uh, root beer tapper, tapper. Yeah. Tapper's bar, like the the guy behind the bar also moves in like an eight bit fashion with that block. Oh, mode. okay. I think I. I think. Yeah, I and it's just it's so genius. Because did they need to do that? No, I mean, because now this you know nobody's in the the what you call it the arcade, so they don't. Well, their characters that. reminded me of those um those like peg people from those those like little tykes toys. Okay. If you know what I mean, like the ones that would, they were just like little, uh, they had like a hole drilled out under them, but they were like round and you would plop them onto like the little orange fire truck thing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what the Wreck-It Ralph uh, characters always reminded me of from the game part. I do love like how they don't even understand the concept of the game that he has to be the bad guy and they just still hate him yeah i'm trying to remember who did um alan tudyk get that voice from in oh, right ralph because he plays king candy but who does he yeah. i'm trying to remember oh, the oh voice king of- candy's vocal stylings are based on comedian edwin damn it see i, I knew it was ed something oh. it's supposed to be Wynn's mad hatter character in alice in wonderland Exactly, and it's it's amazing. I was going to say heard, he I has could... that Mad Hatter vibe. He does. Oh, and it's so great. Like Alan Tudyk is an unsung hero in a lot of like voice animation, and um, obviously I loved him since Firefly. Um, <laughs> you guys don't know what that is. Don't no, worry no, about I it. I think that we've we've yeah, talked about you talked about it times in the show because I love Firefly. Okay, and I also a western. Movie. Yeah, space everybody, Western, everybody loves Firefly. I, I've never Westerns. watched it, but everybody like has nothing but good things to say about yeah, it. Yeah. And I love, it's like and I people love like Firefly so much that it it makes you like not want to get into Firefly. 
I can understand that. It's yeah. kind of. I mean, it's great. I like it. Yeah, like, but there's a reason there why people I'm canceled. that are. I get it. I do. <laughs> super crazy about it about this 13 episode TV show. Yeah, it's it was it was just a nice little thing, man. I liked it. I liked the comedy in it. But um, Alan oh, yeah, Tudyk. great. Alan Tudyk is a master. I love him, and um, I'm always surprised if you literally click on his IMDb, you you find out like he's been in all these little animated movies, and he's such. Yeah, a great I didn't even know actor. that he was King Candy. Oh, he's so good, dude. I didn't know it either until I I listened to the show. Like, and then also, like, can we just talk about the thing that always makes you chuckle no matter where I'm at? Like, if the movie's on, I wait for that scene. The Konami code. You wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? And then Ralph takes a glass off his head, hits him with it. Huh, you hit a guy with glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Hank proceeds to keep intimidating him. It's so great. great. Oh, I love that little bit. I do, I, man. Like I, that's what gotta oh, go ahead. say that villain reveal. Like it snuck up yeah. on me. I did not expect it, and I totally yeah. believe like King Candy was like, like she can't play in the game. Like she'll end up like dying basically or whatever. It was so believable. So it made like right. to go back on what we already said. It made what Wreck It Ralph did. Like, oh, like, it's tough, but he had to do it. Right. Yeah. It wasn't until, like, and then when he was punching him and then it revealed that he was Turbo. I know. He was Turbo all along. And, oh, man. That was at the end, though, when when yeah. um, he's racing her and uh, he kept saying that, you know, uh, what does he say? It's like, aha, Turbo-tastic. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. I do oh, love the, the term that go Turbo. Yeah. It, go it, tur- like, with go Turbo. With turbo. It like, reminds me of Watergate. Like how that just becomes like, like something that we use. Yeah, like we'll just put something gate like go turbo, or it's like <laughs> kind of like gate. go postal or something like that. Yeah. It's just like a term that they that the toys use. It's great. You're right. I like how the movie gives you an excuse though to in, indulge in that childish humor too. When it keeps saying like the the hero's duty jokes, I don't know yeah. why. But oh yeah, I love them. I love the hero's duty joke. Like, I, I don't love him, but I feel like it adds to our character. Like I don't exactly. laugh at him, but it, it, it like yeah. builds on our character and how like well, yeah, she's a it's kid like a whole and she's good Call of Duty, yeah, Metroid. Uh, that's what thing, I mean. Like right? see, that's what I mean. The movie puts me squarely in that space when I'm hanging out with like Jackson and Grace, and like we're just doing kid stuff. I get to be a big old kid, and I get to say those dumb jokes, and we all laugh. And that's that's where that movie puts me is right in that groove. Every time he's interacting with her, like at any given point in time, even their arguments, I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah, it's, it's being a parent, baby. That's yeah. what that we is. talk about uh, the uh, the Jane Lynch Felix dynamic, or oh, what, what's please, her name? Calhoun. Yeah, Jane Lynch. Her backstory. The... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it until you said her. Breath. I'll never her know backstory. how to do like the shot of her. The the scene at, um the to her backstory basically with her um at her wedding they literally just announced the the whatever the prenuptials whatever the hell I don't know what I'm saying is the whole point is the big ass bug crashes in through the the big I guess wall there by the way and chomps her husband and she screams and whips out this huge minigun and just starts <laughs> blasting screaming into this into the camera it was pretty great I love that sequence I do I love that whole flashback. It's like she has the most tragic backstory ever. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, same thing with like um, when Ralph actually gets up there, and it's a room full of eggs. He's supposed to be getting this medal, and obviously, like the face hugger reference when things like on his face, he's rolling around activating more eggs. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that whole thing. And then while the um the one guy um who does the Allstate commercials, you're in good hands, is doing the voice. <laughs> He's doing the whole monologue or whatever of like, proudly, strength or whatever. I don't know. I wasn't even listening because I was busy laughing. <laughs> it was great. I love that whole thing, man. I did. I loved everything about Heroes Duty. That's all Heroes Duty. Duty. <laughs> it almost destroyed the whole video game world because the bugs almost got everywhere. Yeah. 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 Which is weird because um, so electrical signals from like a plug that doesn't transfer data. Yeah, it's not like a USB port. That's true. That's pure. That's pure photons. The whole setup too. Like we need like an Ethernet cable. We're like yeah. um, What is it? The um the multi or what am I trying to say here, guys? Whatever. Where the the train station looking thing is actually just a um. A surge protector. Yeah, basically just a surge protector. Quite literally, with the character, um, the security guy is like, "Oh, come on, you always stop me." I was doing my job. Uh, where'd you get that? What game you coming from? Uh, Yeah, it's weird that there's like a mall that they all go to, and that less of these going turbo incidents happen than do. That's a good. Not as many of these turbo incidents happen. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, you'd think like more people would go rogue. Right. Like Hubert. Yeah, because the other game is literally right there, so why not? Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know, man. Um, Wreck-It Ralph. What else can I say beyond, like... I actually, other- like, don't have too much more to say about it. I'm ready to vote. But yeah. you guys can go say your final points if you want to. Um, I think... Let's see. Yeah, I guess I'll say my final thing on Wreck-It Ralph. I think Wreck-It Ralph is a great I would I don't want to call it like a video game movie because it's not like a true no video game movie but I think it's one of the better video game inspired movies. That's actually a really good way to put it because yeah. it, it is. I feel like it's done it's done right and it's right. done with like a lot of understanding of like these characters and like the world and how it would be if they were kind of all able to actually inhabit a space together. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's better that they went with like the eight bit style, because obviously when you get into like Ralph wrecks the internet or whatever, it becomes a whole bag of things. So like, I like this very contained moment with like in arcades and like, it's a, it's a nice homage to what I remember. I mean, I remember I used to get like so much like five bucks and it would last me forever in an arcade and um yeah man i second that it yeah was really nowadays cool. like if you go to chuck e cheese they don't even have tokens anymore oh you get the card it's so depressing. or do they have tickets still they still do tickets no, or is that t- on a card no, too? No, no they do tickets no they do tickets okay i think so i last time i took yeah. my kid though he was like jackson was what maybe maybe three i can't remember and he, we did we got tickets Guys, so. eventually in those those coin museums from the old West, another Western reference, you're gonna have Chuck E. Cheese tokens in them. Right. <laughs> think about that. Like dude. how you I see former Confederate be... yeah. coins in the in the uh the like Georgia gold mining museum. Right. Like, oh yeah, these are coins that were only minted for three years during the Confederacy. <laughs> I'm ready to vote. Yeah. I'm ready to vote. Okay, so Matt chose Wreck It Ralph. Will. Wreck-It Ralph. I gotta go with... Oh, shit. I gotta go with Wreck-It Ralph too. I just really like that movie. Wreck-It, I'm sure Wreck-It this Ralph is completely too? biased. <laughs> but there you have it. 
<laughs> I so knew it looks man, like wreck it ralph is going to move on we give a fond we uh send the ship that is finding dory back out to sea giving it a viking funeral with a with a 10 gun salute as well as we do a western funeral for the good dinosaur whatever that yes. means uh yeah i guess that means that the good dinosaur is just going to be eaten by coyotes <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were gonna like dig it like a shallow grave, but then stack a bunch of heavy stones on it. You know, like all well, no, I mean if you, it's a shallow grave, coyotes are gonna get in there. Oh my god, coyotes no, and buzzards. We put stones on it so they can't. Remember? Oh, that's what those stones are for. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You're welcome. All right. So, do we have any closing thoughts before we? Uh, or oh wait, oh we've got to do Google Trends. Oh. And this is the part where we hear Matt leave the desk. Well, let's uh, let's be respectful to the audio. Be respectful to the audio. All hail the audio. All hail the audio. All right. So finding and it taketh away Dory. Twenty sixteen film. Okay. Okay. That's got pretty high searches compared to the Good Dinosaur. With like nothing. Nobody even knows about that movie. Why is it in our bracket? Because I just want. Oh to wow! Good dinosaur okay. is at twenty-two to uh, Finding Dory's seventy-two. <laughs> oh my god, Zach, that's so mean. Why would you even like falsely like get my hopes up like that? That's so mean, dude. Okay, well, let's see how how both films compare to Wreck It Ralph. I don't know, man. I feel really kind of I feel what? called out right now. I feel really. What do you mean? I feel called out because someone said something about good dinosaur. Then someone's got to head and be like, "Oh wow, 22. you're gonna make it, guys." Wreck Ralph like bounced up and down between Finding Dory, which is interesting because I think what was the budget or the uh, box office for Wreck It Ralph? Like almost half a mil- half a billion. I think it was like yeah, four hundred four seventy one. Yeah. Wait, for Wreck-It yeah. Ralph, the budget was what? No, the box or office. No, 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 the box office. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, what? No, yeah. The highest, I think the highest budget film ever was The Avengers of the Age last Ultron. one. No, no, no. No, the last one, the uh, end game. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah, it was like I didn't 300 know if that million. They made both movies at the same time. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if that counted or not. Because I know they well, made No, I'm talking about the, the newest one, Endgame. Yeah, so I'm saying like they made Infinity War and Endgame at the same time. Okay, so Wreck It Ralph is 56 to Finding Dory's 67 currently, but there are a a lot of instances of Wreck It Ralph going above Finding Dory. Like they're pretty much neck and neck. It looks like a blue and yellow um, Jedi Sith lightning bolt, like just crossing over itself. Okay. In the line chart. Anyway, so I guess that's been our episode. Uh, Matt, what can they expect next? Toy Story versus Mulan. I am so excited. So we've got Pixar's first film versus Disney's first Asian film. Oh, Lord, I know you did not just... uh... I was going to say last really good disney renaissance movie like last legendary renaissance movie. oh man mulan i i'm gonna go ahead no i shouldn't i shouldn't never no, mind don't. i won't say nothing 
Don't say anything. Oh, but I want to so bad. We can't always get what we want. All right, let but me just nice let me just, let me just do this then. Let me just tickle them a little bit, okay? Let me just tickle their. I like you being know, tickled. I thought. <laughs> oh my god! I need you guys to know something. I I am a nerd who likes to lift heavy things in the gym, and every once in a while, when I'm feeling down and need a little extra push, mm-hmm. I play "Make a Man Out of You" from Mulan. All right, because let's get down to business. Before the Huns arrive to, to defeat the Huns. Oh, sorry. Whatever. You, you know must my be point too busy is. I was trying lifting. to mix it up a little bit. I was trying to mix it up a little bit. I didn't want to say yeah, the true. lyrics specifically. Wow. But it's like I'm just saying. Like I get pumped. All right, to that song. I love that. You know, Mulan's a woman, right? I don't care. The point is, is the song, Zach. The movie in general. But yes, Mulan is that bitch. Mulan's she a bad bitch? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, this has been the Great Movie Showdown. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we'll, we'll see you in the next episode. And um, hey, keep, keep being awesome out there. Check us out. Follow us on the Great Movie Showdown on Twitter. Tweet at us. Tell us whether or not you hate these episodes. Tell us what sucks. Tell us what's great. Tell us how your day is. And tell us some movies that you want us to check out. Tell us that you think our opinions are dumb and we should feel sad. I mean, but I mean, I do the, off. have it, have it be civil. No, this isn't Walking Dead, Matt. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Yeah. Oh, Coral, you should have voted for Finding Dory, Coral. <laughs> Coral. Finding Dory was a stronger story, Coral. <laughs> oh, Coral. Oh, Coral. What is Coral doing to him? That's a little weird, man. Oh no. We got critters in the barn, Coral. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get those critters out of the barn. Oh, you guys, you guys, you're forgetting the best one. Just look at the flowers, Arlo. Just look at the flowers. Oh. The flowers, Arlo. Look at the flowers. What was oh, the context of that one again? That was when uh, she. That was when Carol had to kill the one little girl that went crazy. Yeah, she told her to look at the flowers, oh, man. She blew that chick's brains out. This so is the darkest ending to an episode ever. Yeah, we had to we had to do that to Arlo. Really, just look at the flowers, Arlo. <laughs> we could just fade out from here. This has been a Nice Throw production. Nice throw, Matt.